Ignition sequence start. The reason I'm prepared for this position is because I've been preparing for this all my life. As far as James, he's our guy. We still got James Harden. Our goal is still to win a championship. T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. Being in a win-now situation, that's great. I'm a win-now coach. Six, five, four, three, two. Rockets are rolling into 2021 with a W as they outlast the Sacramento Kings by a final score of 122 to 119 off the backs of a 33-point outing from James Harden and a pair of 20-point games from both John Wall in his Rockets debut and Christian Wood who continues to amaze. What's up and welcome to another episode of Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian and the founder slash managing editor of ClutchCityControlroom.com, your home for all things Houston hoops. You can follow me on Twitter at JT Gatlin, the show, of course, at Locked On Rockets, as well as the blog at ClutchCityCR. Man, does it feel good to just get that first win out of the way, just kind of, you know, un- unblocking the mental dam. Uh, and, you know, side note, now the only two teams left in the league without a win uh, is the team that lost Christian Wood and the team that gained Russell Westbrook. So there's that. Anyways, uh, getting into this game, so many different angles want to tackle from this one. Uh you know, and look, the the final score, it was a really close game. Credit to the Kings. They played a lot better better than I thought they were going to, but the Rockets also didn't do themselves any favors with some of their really abysmal transition defense, as well as the turnovers, you know, that they were committing uh, on the offensive end, those live ball turnovers. I've spoken about it before, and I will continue to preach live ball turnovers are the death of teams who want to actually win and play competitive basketball. 18 turnovers leading to 26 points for the Kings. Just not a great recipe. It, It allowed, first off, it it kills momentum and it allows easy transition opportunities. It's really hard to guard against those live ball turnovers in transition. So that's obviously something that, you know, we'll talk about a little bit more later on, but just out of, you know, right out of the gate, James Harden, 33 points, uh, six rebounds, eight assists, had a steal, had a block. Another night at the office for him. Did have six turnovers. Um, was a plus eight in his 38 minutes. Uh, 10 of 24 shooting, four of 11 from behind the arc, nine of 11 at the charity stripe. Just, you know, another day at the office for James Harden. Uh, John Wall making his Rockets debut and his first game in over two years. 22 points. Six boards, nine assists, did also have a steal and a block, also contributed five turnovers, and there were points throughout the game where you could see Wall was just frustrated. And I think it's important to note that for John Wall, who, who did kind of have a, a little bit of an off shooting night, eight of 20 overall, two of eight from downtown, um, did hit all four of his free throws, though. You know, Wall, uh, Cousins, Gordon, those guys, you know, and the, the the other guys who have been isolating or, you know, not, not with the team, they have been unable to get shots up, right? Unless they have, look, and we know that Eric Gordon doesn't have a basketball hoop at his house. We know that one for sure, based on what happened during the original hiatus of the NBA. No, but seriously, those guys weren't getting shots up. They weren't able to go to TC and and practice and get shots up. So it's understandable that, you know, they could come into this game and be a little rusty, uh, you know, having not played for 
over a week, basically. So now they did get that one really good practice in uh, Wednesday morning, which was key, which was huge. Uh, but, you know, really impressed with John Wall's first outing. Uh, and the third guy in that trio uh, of Harden, Wall, and Wood also held up his end of the bargain. Uh, Christian Wood with 21 points, 12 rebounds, which was nice to see after uh, his, you know, kind of lowly three-rebound performance uh, against the Nuggets. It was nice to see him snatching up boards again. Had three assists, had a steal, had two blocks in this one. 9 of 14 shooting overall. Missed all three of his three-point attempts, but still impacted the game in a really, really positive way. Uh, P.J. Tucker had a very quiet stat line. Didn't attempt a single shot, which is a very, like, I don't want to say it's a very P.J. Tucker-esque thing, but he was out there contributing so much to the team and, and what needed to get done. I remember there was one possession specifically uh, where he kind of put the clamps on Buddy Heald and Buddy had to, you know, try and flip the pass with his off arm and just wound up sending the ball sailing out of bounds. And so, you know, it's just, that's what P.J. Tucker brings to the team. And I think it's worth noting that, you know, even though he didn't contribute as far as like points go and his stat line's kind of quiet, um, he still brings you that that corner three-point threat. People still respect that shot. And, you know, possibly as the season progresses, we're going to see PJ's minutes maybe get cut down a little bit. That way he can stay fresher, uh, you know, be and better utilized as the season progresses, especially with the emergence of guys like Jay Sean Tate and Sterling Brown, who had some really great minutes off the bench in this one. Uh, so many other different areas to get to. Let's go ahead. And I think, you know, my biggest takeaway from this is first off, it's just so important, right? Getting those guys back. And now that they're back, Wall, Cousins, and Gordon, and we can truly see how deep this team is. Um, it's worth noting that David Nwaba didn't play in this game at all. So if you were looking around, like wondering where David Nwaba was, because I was too at one point, um, he just didn't play. And there was no news about, you know, him needing to isolate or COVID, you know, safety protocols or an injury, nothing like that. It was just Silas didn't see the need to go 10 deep in this game. He really balanced the minutes around, you know, spread the love throughout the lineup and just didn't see a reason to get David Nwaba involved in this one. So we can kind of maybe extrapolate from that a little bit that maybe he feels comfortable and more confident in the duo of Sterling Brown and Jay Sean Tate moving forward. Maybe those are the two guys of that new trio of 3 and D wings who have impressed him the most. I know that I've been very impressed with Jay Sean Tate, and Sterling Brown has actually shown a pretty consistent three-point shot here throughout the early part of the season. Uh, in this game, he had six points, hit both of his three-point attempts, uh, and had some really good productive minutes in just 12 minutes of run off the, off the Rockets bench. Uh, Jay Sean Tate as well, you know, quiet stat line in the sense that, you know, only four points, didn't attempt a single three, um, but it was two of three shooting, uh, missed both of his free throws, unfortunately, but he had six rebounds, had an assist, had a steal, and had just hustle plays all over the place, which is exactly what Jay Sean Tate brings you off that Rockets bench, that level of energy and drive that he plays with. And let's go ahead and highlight the fact that throughout multiple points in this game, Jay Sean Tate and James Harden look like they are so much buddy-buddy. James Harden looks happy and engaged with this team. Um, 
but the national media would have, have you believe otherwise. Even at, at the end of the game, there's a video circulating on Twitter right now, and I posted you know screen caps of uh, during the game, right after Jay Sean Tate uh, made a really good defensive play, and Harden you know had his arms up and was super happy about his performance. And then later in the game, you can see James Harden and Jay Sean Tate walking off the court as Tate was input. Um, Silas actually put Tate in for the final 18.8 seconds of the game to get some de- to get a couple of uh, defensive stops. And so I think that's just, you know, that shows the confidence that Silas has in Tate being out there on the court as a, you know, defensive stopper, you know, on that side of the basketball in place of Christian Wood. But, you know, and I do want to get into the the stretch that led up to that point because James Harden absolutely went God mode in the fourth quarter and took over the game when he needed to because largely throughout the first three and a half quarters or so, it kind of felt like James Harden was doing his usual, like, okay, let me get other people involved. Let me kind of see what we're working with here, operating within the bounds of the system. And then he made it to that point in the game where the Rockets were kind of trailing a little bit. The score, I believe, was 108-104, and there was about four minutes left in the game. And we're going to walk through those, you know, that stretch. But he just took over. And when James Harden does that, when he just imposes his will on a basketball game, it is one of the most beautiful things to watch. I will never, ever get over seeing it happen. It is always impressive. It always blows me away. Now, for the Kings, they did have uh, a, a really quality night. I mean, four of their starters, you know, f- for all intents and purposes, scored 20 points apiece. They had 22 from Rashawn Holmes, 24 from Harrison Barnes, uh, 22 from De'Aaron Fox, and then 19 from Buddy Heald. So almost, uh, you know, four starters all in the 20-plus the point categories. Uh, it really felt like Buddy Heald was torching the Rockets from behind the arc, but then you look up and he's 5 of 15 shooting, and he took half of the three-pointers. <laughs> what? Okay, that was... I wasn't expecting that to happen. Five of 15 out of 33 three-pointers, Buddy Heald shot 15 of them. That's a little crazy. It's also it's very James Harden-esque almost because out of 36 three-pointers for the Rockets, Harden shot 11 of them. It's not quite, uh, it quite a, it's, it doesn't jump off the page quite as much as 15 does, but still impressive numbers, I guess, nonetheless, but only 33% to show for it. Really felt like he hit more threes than that. Um, But again, the Rockets really, you know, they lost some guys, uh, defensive miscommunications here, some miscues, a lot of transition opportunities for the Sacramento Kings where they were just, again, off those live ball turnovers by the Rockets. They were able to get out in transition, get, you know, easy opportunities, easy looks. Um, 21 fast break points for the Kings, uh, 19 fast break points for the Rockets in this one. So I want to dive into that stretch of the game where James Harden really did take over as well as talk about a handful. There's just so many different things to take away from this game. We'll get there in just one moment after a quick message from our friends over at betonline.ag. There are so many big games out there that you do not want to miss out on, and betonline.ag is the place to go. You've got college football rolling into bowl season, uh, NFL playoffs are right around the corner, and look, the NBA is in full swing. You've got games just every night that you can that you can bet on. You've got the NBA futures bets, who's going to be the MVP, who, you know, you've got James Harden trade bets, where he's going to go, all that great stuff. And there is only one place that has you covered, and one place that we trust, and again, that is BetOnline. 
betonline.ag. You can sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use our promo code Locked On for a 50% welcome bonus. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. And don't forget to use that promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. And continuing on here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball as the Rockets pull away from the Kings 122-119 to carry their first win of the NBA season. They are now 1-2 and two into the new year, into the year of 2021, because let's face it, 2020 has been an absolute crap fest. So it's nice to finally get out of this year. Hopefully you will be having a great 2021. I wish you a happy new year. And look, the Rockets are starting it off right, providing us with some good juju by winning the winning this game heading into the new year on New Year's Eve of all nights. So let's talk about this stretch from James Harden where he just absolutely took over the game. There was an 11-2 stretch, and it started right after um, De'Aaron Fox hit a, a pull-up jump shot and pushed the score 108-104 with about four and a half minutes left in the game. Now, we, we, you know, take some time off the clock. There's some possessions back and forth. Then Harden gets to the free throw line, nails two free throws. We're 108-106. Then they come down this way, and this is the only two points that the Kings score in this 11-2 stretch. So uh, Fox hits two free throws. We're back 110-106. Rocket's still down four. Three and a half minutes to go in the game. Harden gets right to the rim, misses his layup, and then this is the putback that he has where he he gathers the ball, gathers the rebound around like two or three Kings players and then just powers back up with it, scores it, hits the two, uh, and then it's uh, 110-108. Then James Harden comes down, dances a little bit, and then bam, uh, he gets the uh, the three-pointer off the assist by John Wall, which was just inject that into my veins. Harden hits the three, gives the Rockets the lead, 111-110, and the assist is John Wall's. Just I hope we will be hearing a lot of that this season. I know we will. So then they come back down. There's a few possessions back and forth. Nobody scores anything for about, you know, about 45 seconds or so. And then we come back down and Harden gets another pair of free throws, boosting the score to 113-110. And then to cap off that roughly two and a half minute run by the Rockets, uh, James Harden, Christian Wood run a quick little pick and roll. Wood dives into the rim. Harden hits him with a beautiful pass right over the top of the defense. Wood slams it home for his 21st point of the night, his final bucket that he made, pushing the score 115-110. And then Sacramento took a timeout. So that was the that was the winning stretch of the game. Because largely through that third quarter, the Rockets played really, really well for the majority of the third quarter. And then that tail end of the third quarter, they committed like three or four turnovers all in the span of like a two and a half minutes and completely let the Kings get back into it, carrying just a one-point lead into the final frame after having a four-point lead at halftime and pushing that lead all the way up to, I think, 10. 10 was the largest lead for the Rockets. After extending that lead, they then just completely, you know, unraveled at the end of that quarter, and it really looked like they were in a serious funk, and they carried that into the start of the fourth quarter up until kind of that stretch where, again, Harden saw, you know, they were in the tail stretch of the game, and he just took over. 
And that's what he does. The fact that he can just flip that switch and decide, okay, I'm approaching this game from this mentality right now, and now I need to switch it up because we need buckets. We need me to score. I need to get to the line. And that's what he did. The fact that James Harden can get to the line seemingly at will is so impressive. It's an absolute skill. And if other NBA players could do it at the rate that he does it, they absolutely would. So I don't want to hear it like anybody could do it. No, because they can't. James Harden is one of the only guys in the NBA that can do it with that level of efficiency and consistency. And it's just a treat to watch on a nightly basis. Now, another guy that, that really did stand out in this game to me was Daniel House. And I'm really glad that I highlighted the fact that I want Daniel House to succeed because when he has good games, he he plays, I think that he plays his best when he's not trying to overplay his role, right? And I think throughout those first couple games of the season, I think that's what we were seeing out of House because he wasn't in his traditional role because maybe he felt the pressure that he felt like he needed to be a guy to step up in the absence of some of the other guys on the roster. And that led to some indecision, some you know uncertainty in what he needed to do when he was on the court. Whereas when he's got the rest of the guys out there, when he's just fulfilling his role of being a three-point threat offensively, um, you know, providing good defense, hustling, getting out in transition. House had a couple beautiful transition dunks in this game, uh, just, you know, off some really clean outlet passes. He shot five of six, snagged five rebounds, had an assist, um, played really solid defense, hit one three-pointer out of his only two attempts, finished with 11 points. That's everything you want and more out of Daniel House on a nightly basis. He doesn't need to show up and give you 20 points. He doesn't need to rain threes from the heavens. If he look, if he's got it going one night, then obviously you feed the guy. But if he stays within his lane and just provides what he needs to provide out of that three spot for the Rockets, the it, largely the uh, the three four spot for the Rockets, right? That's all they have to do: play really solid defense, hit your wide open threes when they're generated. Because guess what? John Wall, James Harden, Eric Gordon, uh, Christian Wood, and Demarcus Cousins are going to generate pretty much 90% of the offense. And then all the other three uh, three or four guys, P.J. Tucker, Daniel House Jr., Sterling Brown, and Jay Sean Tate, all they have to do in the rotation is be present, be available, and be ready to hit their shots and then provide plus defense on the other side of the basketball. And that's what we got out of Daniel House. And he is the most versatile guy out of all those four guys. He's the most versatile guy as far as what he gives you in each category. Because he can cut a little bit. He's a solid shooter. Probably the most consistent of those four guys. Unless you're talking P.J. Tucker from the corner. But P.J. Tucker is also limited in other areas offensively. Whereas Daniel House Jr. is not. So I'm happy that he had a bounce back game. Maybe just coming home, being in Houston, rocking those new blue city jerseys, which were so icy, which were so incredible. I am so blown away by how good those jerseys look and how good the court looks. Just very excited to have those as the city jerseys moving forward for this season. I will absolutely be copying one of those jerseys. Uh, Now, as far as, hang on, what else did I have here? I've got a couple other things that I want to get to. A couple things throughout the game. Um, Just John Wall and James Harden being able to consistently throughout this game find the most perfect lob passes to Christian Wood. Um, I think that one area that I'm so conf- still a little confused about, although I kind of have like tried to explain the re- my reasoning at least behind it, is why we never saw Chris Paul and Clint Capella connect the same way Harden and Capella did, and then by an extension of that, why we never saw Russell Westbrook and Capella 
connect the way that we did James Harden and Capella. And now we're seeing James Harden and Christian Wood obviously have some chemistry right off the bat because, again, you just toss it up near the rim and Christian Wood will go and get it. But then also Christian Wood and John Wall have that same lob chemistry. And I don't, like, again, I think that, you know, I've said that it feels like John Wall is almost like a perfect mesh of some of the best parts of Russell Westbrook as far as and and some of the best parts of Chris Paul which is great because you know we we saw some levels of success with Russ alongside Harden I say some levels because there was a point in that February where they did go 9 and 2 where Russ was playing some of the most beautiful basketball I've seen out of his entire career and the Rockets went 9 and 2 and the one you know one of the two games that they lost one was a buzzer beater and one was because Russ was sitting so essentially they went 9 and 0 um at least that's how you can kind of you know picture it so anyways right some good stuff happened there, uh, and then obviously we know how how great that pairing was with Chris Paul, but I could never figure out why those two guys couldn't exactly make it work with the lob threat that James Harden was, you know, making his bread and butter with, with Clint Capella. And meanwhile, now we're seeing John Wall alongside Christian Wood, and he's able to, you know, hit Wood for two or three different alley-oop passes throughout this game, and I really think that when you're, you know, in this, in this day and age, in this NBA system... I don't. I guess just maybe you know Paul and and Russ just weren't able to build that chemistry with Clint, or maybe the the versatility that Christian Wood provides as far as where his defender has to consider him coming from, as far as he can sit on the three point line and then uh, you know crash in you know immediately or set the screen and then the defender has to honor whether or not he's going to pop out to the three point line, whatever it may be. I'm just excited that John Wall seemingly has that level of chemistry right away with Christian Wood as well because having Harden and Wall lobbing passes up to Christian Wood all game, Wood is easily going to average 20 and 10 this season. Like, he is, and here's the thing, if the Rockets finish, say, top four seed and Christian Wood has averaged 20 and 10, he will absolutely make an all-star team in the Western Conference. Like, I have no doubt in my mind that Christian Wood could make an all-star team in the West. Coming out of coming out of the Houston Rockets, if you're averaging 20 and 10, because in my head, I genuinely don't know if there's five big men in the NBA that I would take over Christian Wood right now. I can name a few that I would probably take, and I'm talking like no hesitation. Who would I take over Christian Wood right now? And actually, even some of these, there might be a little hesitation in there, but there'd be like Anthony Davis, Jokic. And then I start hesitating when I get down further down the list. I'm like, Bam? Like, question mark? Maybe? So, because obviously Bam is, you know, like future DPOY level, you know, anchor for your defense. And offensively, he's really, you know, well-rounded, but he doesn't quite have the outside shooting that, that Wood does. He also, you know, he can play above the rim, but not quite as well as... Christian Wood can so you're trading off the defense for the offense so that one's kind of like that pr- I probably would but like I start hesitating on that one and then there's like names after that where like okay Carl Anthony Towns I mean Christian Wood's kind of like a budget Carl Anthony Towns you know and so then you know I really don't know if I if I could successfully name five NBA bigs and I say bigs right I'm not throwing you know power forwards into that mix but you know bigs so that's, you know, just it's incredible to have that level of efficiency out of your big three. And I really do think that this big three for the Rockets in Harden, Wall, and Wood can absolutely 
uh, do some damage, much to you know, much like the trio of Harden, Paul, and Capella did that first year that they were together, where they posted like 55 wins when they all played in games together, which was just such a ridiculous number. They were pretty much unbeatable when those three guys all showed up and were all healthy and able to play games together that season. So, oh, and can't I obviously can't even forget this one, can't leave this one out. The double alley-oop from <laughs> just where Harden threw up the pass and basically, it, you know, Harden tossed up the pass and then John Wall and Christian Wood both uh, sorry, not John Wall, I apologize. Christian Wood and Daniel House both went up and both got a hand on the ball and then stuffed it through the rim at the exact same time. Just, you know, it capped off a great moment in the game, you know, and I don't know what we're going to call that double alley-oop. It's, you know, we can call it the Woodhouse, uh, the the Harden Woodhouse. I don't know what we're calling it, but um, definitely a, a fun moment in this game. Uh, so coming up, we're going to do our final segment. Still want to circle back, talk about the defense, talk about some other moments from this game, other thoughts, and just kind of wrap this one up. So we'll get there in just a moment after a quick message from our friends over at Built Go. Have you ever just kind of been like trudging throughout the day and you're just like, you need that quick hit of energy, that second win to get you through something, you know, whether it's a mental or even physical wall, you can bust through it, break it down, smash right on through with Built Go every single day. Built Go is the best workout gel on the market. It's essentially five hour energy without that same crashing feeling. Plus it's natural. So it's way better for your body. Think of it like drinking a monster, but with just a third of the caffeine and way better results. Results. Comes in three delicious flavors for the chocolate lovers out there. You've got chocolate coconut, chocolate mint, the third flavor, the one that I'm partial to, peanut butter honey. Can't go wrong with it. Peanut butter and honey in anything. I'm a sucker for it. They come in these little like one and a half ounce packages. Super easy. You can tuck it away in your pocket uh, if, or you could t- throw it in your gym bag, throw it in your briefcase, take it to work with you. Whatever you need to power you through your day. And you can check it out. Just go to BuiltGo.com and use our promo code LOCKED and you'll get 20% off your next order. So again, that's promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. And final segment here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Talking Rockets' first win of the season, now sitting at 1-2, and 1-0 and oh at home. Uh, and a guy that I kind of glossed over uh, is Eric Gordon who looked really great in this game. And to revisit, you know, first off, his stat line, 17 points, a couple boards, had a couple steals, played some solid defense, uh, 6 of 12 shooting overall, 3 of 8 from behind the arc, uh, 2 of 2 at the charity stripe. Just a really solid all-around game from Eric Gordon. And first off, to to just revisit our over-under predictions, um, so we said 7 assists over-under for John Wall. Um, I believe I took the over on that one, and he did finish with nine assists, so there we go. Uh, Eric Gordon at uh, over under nine three-point attempts finished with eight three-point attempts, so right at his season average from last season, Um, and I believe I took the over on that one as well. I'm trying to remember which ones I took, but oops. Um, And then uh, DeMarcus Cousins uh, over under eight or sorry over or under 10 points and he actually finished with just eight points off the bench on three of five shooting uh did have three assists did have two turnovers but uh and I think I took I, I at this point I honestly can't remember I had a really really long New Year's Eve day uh so I apologize for not being able to remember those but if you remember which your predictions were then there you go 
So, um, but Eric Gordon looked great, you know, was, was kind of thriving in his role alongside John Wall in the stretches where Harden was sitting and really importantly, uh, Steven Silas was, you know, showering with praise, the group of guys at the end of the game, which was his closing lineup, which did include James Harden, John Wall, Eric Gordon, uh, PJ Tucker and Christian Wood. That was his closing lineup all the way up until the 18.8 second mark at the tail end of the game, as the as the Rockets were d'ing up for the final possession and then trading back and forth with you know four free throws from Harden down the stretch of the game to to close things out. But uh, you know he he was showering with praise that lineup and how they they dug deep and they absolutely you know. Uh, put on a show by by getting getting the job done and you know pulling together at the right point in the game and coming away with the win you know which was huge uh, and that's you know presumably that's going to be a closing lineup we're going to see a lot of uh, is those three guys those three guards out there in Harden Wall and Gordon and then depending on the matchup you know we'll see different guys in those four or five spots um, and the fact that Silas is willing to make those kind of minor chess match moves like moving Jay Sean Tate uh, into the lineup for the final you know couple defensive possessions of the game is huge now it's based on it's based on personnel um, so maybe you make an argument that that's why Mike D'Antoni never did those you know kind of like little adjustments little things with his lineups Um but I don't think that's the case. I think MDA was just stubborn. So, you know, seeing Silas willing to put a rookie in Jay Sean Tate out there because he'd been hustling and, you know, working his ass off on the defensive end to that point all night and has really shown a lot of promise through three games now, that's huge for a rookie like that. You know, getting the getting the encouragement from James Harden, you know, having your teammates, you know, having, you know, there was a point where, uh, you know, I believe it was Jay Sean Tate, you know, dove for a loose ball or, you know, fell out of bounds near the Rockets bench and DeMarcus Cousins was one of the first guys up to pull him up off the ground. You know, that kind of camaraderie, that kind of brotherhood, you know, leadership, you know, pulling up, you know, helping your rookie up after he shows a lot of hustle, right? That's a huge thing for a young player like Tate, right? Being brought up with the right type of chemistry and mentality surrounding the team. And that brings us to James Harden's post-game commentary. Um, because, I, you know, there's not much else that I want to hit on from the game other than, look, the Rockets have shown a willingness to get a majority of their scoring done inside. Now, I will say that once they get Ben McLemore back, I'm expecting him to be at least somewhat in the rotation. And hopefully he'll be a guy that can be put in for some spot minutes, you know, five, ten minutes a night um, to get some shooting, you know, immediately off the bench. Uh, that bona fide 40% three-point shooter, because right now, Rockets shot in this game 13 of 36 from behind the arc, so 36% on the evening, but they scored 64 of their 122 points in the paint, which is just really impressive. You know, this is a team that I've said throughout a lot of last season that, you know, even though they play Mori ball and even though they focus on the efficient shots, which are threes, layups, dunks, and free throws, sometimes the layups and dunks aspect of Mori ball gets left in the dust, right? They just, they fall in love with a three-point shot and they live or die by the three way too often. So it's great seeing a team that is, you know, has a lot of different ways to attack by, you know, giving Christian Wood some post-up opportunities, getting DeMarcus Cousins operating out of the post where then he's, he's passing out of the low post to cutters. He had a beautiful pass earlier in the game where 
He was operating out of the post. Jay Sean Tate cut in from the corner, and his defender was, you know, not paying attention. And Tate cut back door and got an easy layup right at the rim. So having moments like that, first off, having bigs who can make those passes is huge. But then, you know, ha- seeing that develop, that's only going to get better as this group of guys develops chemistry with each other because they're all still new. They're all still gelling. They didn't get a, you know beautifully kosher training camp because of, you know, Harden's uh, antics, unfortunately, in Vegas. And now that they're actually all together, they're all around each other all the time, and they've got, you know, the guy, the barbershop quartet back together um, with the rest of the team, they're able to start gelling. They're going to develop that chemistry. And this team, look, the sky's the limit for this team. Again, I'm only high on the Lakers out of the West, right? Out of all the teams in the West, the Lakers are the only team that, you know, I'm truly thinking are going to rise to the top and be, you know, the team to beat again this season. But this Rockets team looks good. You know, the the issues that they have where, you know, the, the turnovers offensively leading to transition buckets for the Kings, that's just rust. That's lack of practice. That's lack of real game reps. Um, you know, this, this was the season opener, quote-unquote, for Eric Gordon, John Wall, and DeMarcus Cousins. And the fact that they came out and were able to secure a win and still looked pretty good in, in limited minutes was great. So, excellent win you know, Steven Silas's first win of the uh, of his head coaching career. Again, can't say enough about that. The players, uh, John Wall specifically, kind enough to uh, give Steven Silas uh, the game ball from this game. And, I, you know, that was quick highlight on that. That's a huge thing for John Wall because this is the first time that Wall has played basketball, played an official NBA game since the passing of his mother last December, uh, December 20th, I believe. So it's been, you know, almost a year, give or take a few days. And, you know, he said post game that he really wanted to keep the basketball because, you know, it meant a lot to him, but he also knew that it would mean a lot to Steven Silas. and, And he thinks that it would mean, you know, more to him in that regard. Um, being it, you know, his, his first win as an NBA head coach. So he's, you know, keeping the jersey that he wore this game uh, specifically is is his tribute to his mother, uh, which I thought was, you know, extremely touching the first time that he's played basketball professionally uh, in the NBA since her passing. So, you know, and he's a guy who has absolutely worked so hard to get back to this level. And I think that's another takeaway, you know, hat tip, Rafael Stone. Look, you know, a lot of people thought the Rockets were uh, losing the trade by moving Russ to the Wizards and the Wizards having to package a first-round draft pick to uh, offload the contract of John Wall. And right now, man, John Wall looks healthy. He looks explosive. He looks just like pre-injury John Wall. And, you know, obviously the 8-20 and 20 shooting, you know, a little rusty there, but I'm excited at what he's going to be able to bring moving forward because all you really needed out of John Wall was like 15-6, and six you know, give or take on a nightly basis as well as like plus defense and then, uh, you know, decent, you know, vocal leadership, you know, kind of that locker room presence out of that role alongside James Harden because Harden's never really been that guy sort of. And it looks like they're poised to get a lot more out of John Wall. If he's going to be consistently, you know, hovering around that 20 and 9 or 20 and 10 mark, um, this team is going to be a force to be reckoned with. Because those numbers, though, if he can, you know, hover around 20 and 10, that's better than Chris Paul's numbers from the 17-18 team. And I've been saying that this team is more talented than the last two years. And I'm not, I'm not going to say it yet, but this team has a chance to be just as good, just as dominant as that first season with Chris Paul. I genuinely, firmly believe that. As long as Harden is still 
rocking Houston red, or, or in this case, Houston blue, um, this team, the sky's the limit. It really is. And, you know, as far as Harden's uh, post-game commentary, you know, he's out there saying things in post-game talking about, uh, you know, it was great for Steven Silas to get his first win. He had a lot of pressure on him as they started out 0-2. Uh, but he was using key words like us and we, and and maybe we're reading too much into it. But specifically, like, for a guy who, you know, for a little while there seemed kind of mentally checked out and, you know, wanting to get traded, all that good stuff, the fact that he's engaged, the fact that he's, you know, on the court coaching up the young guys, communicating with his teammates, leading the team, really, you know, investing himself in the personalities of his teammates, all that good stuff, commenting on uh, DeMarcus Cousins' Instagram post right after the game with with some uh, Nipsey Hussle lyrics, just, you know, all of that bodes really well. You know, in, in t- and until we get the uh, the fateful Woj bomb where it says, you know, James Harden has, you know, recommitted himself to Houston, I'm not going to speculate and say that Harden has and that he's re-engaged and that the trade stuff is, you know, all water, water under the bridge. But that was the hope, right? That was the hope coming into the season that if Harden played with this group of guys and really gelled with them and saw what this team was capable of, that maybe he would change his mind. Maybe he would start singing a different tune. And then maybe one day further down the line in the season, we will get that Woj bomb or that Shams scoop, whatever we call whatever we call the tweets from Shams. I don't know if there's a word for that. And it says something along those lines, right? It says that James Harden has recommitted himself to the Houston Rockets at least through the end of this season, whatever. And then they get to run, just ride it out and see, you know, just roll the dice and see where they fall. And then we can revisit this whole conundrum next summer if things pan out, if it's a disappointing playoff run, whatever. If they get bounced in, you know, five games in the first round, then yeah, you, you revisit the hardened trade next summer. But, but it could end really, really well. It could end with, you know, maybe not a championship, but maybe a really competitive Western Conference Finals, maybe a finals trip. You know, and maybe that's enough to sway James Harden into thinking, you know what? This could be the place, right? This should be the place where I retire, where I try, you know, a couple more years with Wall, with Wood, with this core group of guys to try and win a chip. And that's the hope. And look, it's just the first win of the season. Maybe I'm overreacting. They only they only beat the Kings by three. But this team, this group of guys looks really good. They're going to shore some things up. They're going to gel with each other. Silas is going to implement the right adjustments. He's going to look at film tape. They're going to kind of clean up some of the sloppy turnovers. They're going to clean up some of the backdoor cuts. They're going to work on their transition defense. Putting points on the board is not going to be an issue for this team. That is readily apparent. They have a lot of weapons. And hey, if James Harden starts to come out in like the second quarter and decide, hey, I'm just, I'm going to go full James Harden mode in the second quarter, then they could start blowing out teams by the end of the third, like legitimately. Because it seems, it hardens almost like a, you know, he's almost like a lion kind of, you know, playing with his food a little bit in the sense that he can just at a moment's notice, I wish I could snap, I can't, I can't actually snap, but at a moment's notice, right, he can just pounce and he can decide, you know what? I'm going God mode Harden, and I'm going to take over this game. That's what he did in this one, and it led to the it led the Rockets to their very first win of the season. So with that, I think that's where we're going to wrap things up for. Now, I will say really quick before I officially do the outro, um, if you haven't dropped a review on the podcast, on the Apple podcast page, I would really appreciate you doing that. I used to pedal for reviews uh, at the end of every episode, and I since dropped that, um, but just 
quick shout out, you know, if you if you listen to the show, if you like it, if you appreciate the content, whether it's the show, you know, the memes and stuff on Twitter, or the personality, whatever, just do me a huge favor, write a review uh, on Apple Podcasts. It would mean the world to me. I genuinely read every single one of those reviews, and it also boosts the podcast, makes it look like I'm doing a good job. So if you think I'm doing a good job with this show, do me a favor, drop a review, leave the five stars, um, and I'll probably shout out the review on this very show because when I get those really awesomely written reviews, I like to shout them out because those are the, you know, I appreciate that when when you do that, and those are the loyal listeners, and I want to shout you out when that's possible because, again, this is about you, right? This isn't about me, you know, I'm, you know, this... <laughs> You know, it's uh, it's about the interactions. It's about appreciating the Rockets, and it's about the Rockets fandom. And you know, this podcast wouldn't be what it is without this amazing community of Rockets fans and media, and and just everybody that you know either cares about the team or covers the team. And it's a great tight knit little community that we've developed. And I really love and cherish that this show is a part of that community. First, in large part, you know, in huge part to Ben Dubose who got it to this point. And then, you know, for those of you that have stuck with me who listened to the show before when Ben was the host and have, you know, grown and listened and enjoyed it still with me as the new host, I sincerely appreciate it. Or to you, if you've listened only with me as the host and you've enjoyed my interpretation of this show, I appreciate you listening. So do me a favor, drop a review if you can. It would mean the world to me, but uh, I wish you a safe and happy uh, New Year's Eve as well as a prosperous 2021 now that we are done with the clown fiesta that has been 2020. So with that, uh, wrapping up this show, as always, thank you so much for listening, and we look forward to having you back right here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball.